This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like you yell back at your radio. What are you What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness live from the Lakeland University studios, leader in online education for more than 25 years. Lakeland.edu. I am a. Looking forward to talking to Vinny Rotino. Does a Locked On Brewers podcast, former Brewers catcher, of course, analyst uh, and co-host on Valley Sports Wisconsin before and after Brewers games. We'll talk with Vinny Rotino coming up here in about 15 minutes uh, or so. We'll get some Brewers baseball talk in here. And when we talk about that Milwaukee Brewers baseball team uh, and how they're playing right now, guys, look, I – because Gary was brought this up as he was done and getting ready to leave. Gary said, hey, how about Yelich? A little bit of a hitting streak here, a couple hits. And, and I pointed out to Gary, and he just chuckled at me, it's about how hard you hit the dang baseball at this point, right? It's about driving the baseball, not check swing hits or anything else like that. Just driving the baseball. That's always a good indicator. There's two things. One, you're seeing the ball well, and you're starting to get some walks. Okay, that's a good indicator that you're about to come out of it because now you're starting to see the ball. And then B, once you start really barreling up the ball and making some good contact consistently, that's another sign that maybe you're starting to come out of it. So I'm not getting necessarily my hopes up on Yelich, but at least he's getting on base and, and starting to get some hits and starting to get some uh, oh, good luck, whatever you want to call it, um, for himself. Because that obviously is a big thing right now for the Green Bay, or not for the Green Bay Packers, for the Brewers is this baseball team has a series coming up against the Cardinals starting tomorrow. The Brewers are going to have their top three pitchers going in this series against the Cardinals. Now you say to yourself, well, I mean, Cardinals, they got they got no chance uh, of getting back in this thing uh, going forward. I would agree with you that I don't think they have a chance of getting back in this thing either, but the St. Louis Cardinals have been playing pretty good baseball as of late. The Cardinals, eight of their last ten, they've won six straight coming into this thing. Again, they're 10 games out from the Brewers with a month and a half left. No, they're not catching the Brewers 10 games out. And I don't think the Reds are catching the Brewers at eight games out at this point, especially when you consider the fact that the Brewers are starting to get a little bit healthier, including uh, the fact that they're because they're getting healthy, guys like Travis Shaw are gone. Travis Shaw, Peter Gammons was the first one on it. I think it was Friday, uh, and I missed it, so I think I retweeted it out Saturday or something like that. Uh, saying that Travis Shaw got put through the waiver process, and indeed he did, uh, and ended up with the Boston Red Sox. So full circle, back to the Red Sox goes Travis Shaw, which is fine. And the reason he's not back with the Brewers is because you end up trading for Eduardo Escobar. Urias has played pretty good in the role when he has been given that opportunity at this point. So there was no room at the end. Now, the next guy that I'm anxious to see what's going to happen is Dan Vogelbach. Does Vogelbach have a spot on this roster? Because Rodatella's just continues to hit the baseball. Just does. Continues to hit it well. We're talking about Yelich and barreling up the ball and driving the ball. Rowdy Tellez has pretty much done that consistently from the time he got here. From the time they got him in that deal from Toronto, 
he's been that guy. Even when he's not hitting home runs, he's driving the ball to the warning track or to the wall and deep fly balls and is really doing a, a great job at first base. Defensively, maybe not the best defensively, but he's going to play because of his stick. And to be fair, that's the only reason Vogelbach was playing, was because of his stick. Now, Vogelbach has played pretty well in his rehab outing uh, down at Nashville. But again, because Vogelbach can only play one position, and to the best of my knowledge, Rowdy Tellez can only play one position. Both of them really are probably DHs more than they are uh, everyday first baseman, but it is what it is at this point. You're trying to play Eduardo Escobar at first base when you give Urias uh, the days uh, to play at third base. So I think Vogelbach is out of luck too. I think Vogelbach is probably destined to be on another baseball team too, which stinks because Vogelbach, I think, has become a fan favorite uh, here uh, throughout the course of this season and last of many a Brewers fan. I know my five-year-old's all about Dan Vogelbach. Uh, but now he's all about Rowdy Tellus and chanting, Rowdy, Rowdy, when we go to the Brewers games. He loves it. Always has a good time. So, you know, to be a little bit sad or depressed or whatever you want to say because you lose Shaw and Vogelbach, yeah, probably. I. But again, from a fan perspective, I think you look at this and you go, you know what? I'm actually feeling okay about it. Why? Because this is a World Series caliber team. We said it uh, at the end of the big show there on the report from Robert Murray that they were in talks to get Trevor Story from Colorado. They were in talks to get Max Scherzer as well. You're not having those type of conversations for A-level players if you don't think you have a chance to win a World Series, especially when you're the Milwaukee Brewers and you're a smaller market. Now, when everything is said and done, you know they end up going, uh, Trey Turner and, and Max Scherzer end up uh, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's different. Uh, A, they still have a good farm system, obviously. But B, they have unlimited gobs and gobs and gobs of money. The Brewers don't. So if the Brewers are going to get in on this and give away prospects in which their farm system isn't all that great to begin with, you better make darn sure that this is a World Series caliber team that's going to put you in the best position to compete at the end of the day. And that is what this is right now. So when you lose a Shar, you lose a Vogelbach, as a fan, I think you just got to put in the back of your head and go, okay, this is all right. This, I mean, yes, I like them. I like both of them. Uh, both were fan favorites to a certain degree, I think. But it's okay because you you have yourself in a position to go win. And one of the things to me that you just love to see is this bullpen, now that it's getting healthy, now that Devin Williams is starting to look like Devin Williams a little bit more, now that Josh Hader uh, is back and pitching, uh, you know, again coming off of that uh, COVID list or whatever, that's what makes you happy. And all you have to do really is look at yesterday's box score. They win that game 2-1. to one. You have an inning of scoreless relief with two strikeouts from Brent Suter, who, by the way, has 12 wins now out of the bullpen. That's unheard of for a reliever. Uh, Cousins comes in. He gets a hold with only giving up a hit. It's a couple strikeouts and a walk. Scoreless. Boxberger gives you a scoreless inning with a strikeout. Devin Williams gives you a scoreless inning. And then Hader gives you a scoreless inning uh, with two strikeouts, notching his 23rd save of the year. That is the most impressive thing. You got four innings out of Lauer, and your bullpen didn't allow a thing after that. And while you were going through your whole bullpen being out because of the COVID uh, deal going on inside that clubhouse, you couldn't rely on your bullpen. Your bullpen was giving up runs left and right. Your starter would go out, have a good game, and the next thing you know, you're losing. And that, to me, I think is the biggest difference, Dan Plucker, uh, about where this team is now versus where they were two, three weeks ago. That now that this bullpen is getting healthy, now you can hold on to two one leads and not have to worry about giving up four or five runs when random bullpen guy that doesn't belong on a major league roster walks in. Right, and that was the biggest problem for this team. I mean, at the beginning of the year, it was the offense. It's never been the starting pitching nope. that's been the problem of this team. But at the beginning of this year, it was the offense. And then with the Adamas trade, the addition of Escobar, Vogelback, as you were saying, like all of these guys came in, and now Telez as well. All these guys that have come in have been knocking the cover off the baseball since they've been here, and they've been waiting for Christian Yelich to come back. But that middle relief of the bullpen after trading Fire Eisen and Rasmussen in that deal for Willie Adamas, it 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 was that was the biggest question mark about this team is who was going to fill that role that is now left. And Boxberger has been good for stretches of the season, and overall for most of the season he's been very good. And 
then it was just a couple of question marks in there. Jay Cousins really stepping up and doing his thing, and he's been a great addition to this team. And they still felt that they needed even more help when they acquired John Curtis and Daniel Norris at the trade deadline because they knew that if nothing else, they needed to make sure to get as many arms in there as possible. Now, hopefully Eric Lauer can be in that conversation as well. And when we look towards the postseason of having three, maybe four starters, Adrian Hauser moving back into the bullpen, I was I would suspect uh, maybe Brett Anderson as well. So for the long term, if you're thinking about this playoff stretch, that well, bullpen look is going to keep but, and continue to get better and better. But, but hold on here now. Now, the, the obvious thing is to go to the two normal starters and say, OK, they're in the bullpen. Ashby comes up over the weekend, has his second start. God knows the first start was awful, whatever. Ashby yes. pitches really well. Um, so then they send him back down again. And Council said, look, he's going to have a spot on this team, but maybe not in the role as a starter. And they had told him that earlier that he was going to be a bullpen guy. I have not looked at Ethan Small's numbers because, they, remember, they promoted him too. Right. And it was going to be the same type of deal. So maybe Ashby and Small end up on this roster come September. Uh, and are pitching out of the bullpen, and then they get to make that decision of, okay, who are going to be our couple of long relief guys if we need them from round to round of the postseason? You know, maybe one round, Ashby's on the roster. Maybe the next round, it's, you know, Hauser on the roster. or I don't know how they, they're going to figure this out. But you don't need more than three starters, right? I mean, so r- realistically, I don't think you need to keep Hauser as a fourth starter. Right, I don't think so either, but I think Hauser then moves back into the bullpen, which is where he's been in the past, so that if by an off chance, let's say Brandon Woodruff gets knocked out in the third inning after giving up a couple runs, but the Brewers' offense is keeping them in the game, and Woodruff is at like 80 pitches through three innings, you can throw Hauser in there and for him to pitch Soak up two, those, three, four exactly right. to get back to that late relief, and I think Hauser's been in a similar role in the past, and I think it makes the most sense for him to be one of those guys that makes that adjustment because he has been in the bullpen before and has done really well in the bullpen before. So it would make a lot of sense for me in, in that regards as well, where they're probably going to have several guys that, hypothetically speaking, could be starters that are all going to be in the bullpen down the stretch and in into the playoffs, and and I don't know if they're really going to put Ashby in a, a major situation like that. Same thing with Ethan Small. But for sure, next year, we're talking about probably both of them up here in Milwaukee and, and doing so. Well, it's funny because you look at the St. Louis Cardinals, they've been the role models for how this works. They take their young starting pitchers, they put them in the bullpen during a playoff run, and then the following year, they end up into the rotation. I don't know how this is going to work for the Brewers. All I'll say is, I guess I would be surprised if Brett Anderson is still on this roster next year. I think Andy Ashby or Ethan Small, one of them, probably ends up in the rotation next year to go along with the other three guys. Hauser probably stays, and those are your five. And then whoever doesn't end up in the rotation probably is the number one pitcher for Nashville in case of injury and is ready to go. That yeah. would be my guess. It could be. Or it could also be where the Brewers see an opportunity and they see how great their team was this year and they were interested in Max Scherzer uh, in the past. I'm not saying they'll go out and get him, but maybe they go back into free agency and look for an arm in free agency that oh, can God. kind of do it. Or oh, or look for a swing trade somewhere to to trade some of that. They have a bulky infield right now for their future. But there's no... I mean, but there's Terang, no... Urias, uh, Willie Adamas, all these guys that, have, that are there maybe Maybe they swing one of them for a pitcher that has one year left. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, I'm not trading for a pitcher. Absolutely not. 100% not for it, not going for it anytime soon. No, they need real bats. Urias is not a real bat, so that does not count. Escobar is gone after the end of this year. More than likely, he's gone. Willie Adamas is at short, fine. Colton Wong's here next year. Okay, fine. But you still don't have an answer at third base for certain. We definitely don't have that. Wong is not a long-term answer at second base, so that is wide open. And I don't know if Rowdy Tellez is real. So realistically, the only guy that I know for sure you have is your shortstop in Adamas. Outside of that, I think you can argue that the rest of it are all question marks. And that's why when I see this stuff of, ah, oh, just trade Bryce Terang, he's blocked. No, he's not. He's not blocked. You can play him mm-hmm. at second base and no move doubt. Colton Wong. You could make him. If he has the arm to play short, then why doesn't he have the arm to play third? And if the, if the, the argument is, well, he doesn't have the bat to play third, fine. You can make that argument, but I don't think David Stearns looks at it that way. Like, Doug Melvin looked at it and said, I want a 20-plus bat at third, short, second, and first, and then all three outfield spots. That was always Doug Melvin's goal. He wanted to build Mm -hmm. around power. 
I don't get the sense that that's David Stern's thing necessarily right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just saying that the Brewers have options. They have yes. options because they have sure. so much talent, so much depth, really across the board. And and you can't forget also this is the last year of Avi Garcia's deal. What happens with him in the Toodles. outfield? Bye bye. Um, you have. Kane, who's going to be, I believe, next year is the last year Thank of his God. deal as well. That's fine. An older player. That's what I'm talking about, though. Fine. So there's a need in the outfield as well if you kind of look but at it. But you've got guys coming. You've got guys coming down the – listen, I'm not saying Garrett Mitchell's going to be on this team next year because I don't think he will be. I would be very surprised. But maybe Garrett Mitchell is on this team come next September for a cup of coffee in September, and then he's into that outfield the following year. Or, but, I, but I don't think he's starting uh, the season in the outfield. And, and that's fine, but – this team is in a win-now nature, so sure. they're going to want to win yep. now. So if it means – they'll probably find a David Stearns deal, just like he did with Garcia, with Jackie Bradley, Adamus, Adamus all of these guys where they'll they'll find somebody to fill that outfield role where it'll be you know a guy on a – making $8 million over two years. But I want – this is what I want. I want a Moustakis deal. I want a Grandal deal. A guy that I know is legit that's on a one-year deal and then go cash in somewhere else. Right. That's and what that's, I want more That's of. what Avi Garcia yes. was. That's what Ed, Eduardo Escobar is. That's probably what they were thinking with JBJ well, as Garcia, well. Garcia, they and gave a three-year deal to. That wasn't a one-year deal. That was a three-year deal. It was deal. two, I believe, with a player option, if oh, I remember right. correctly. Okay, so is that so, what it was? So hypothetically speaking, I think Garcia may be able to come back next year, but I can't remember exactly the details of that deal. Maybe it was a mutual option for a third season. Season, um, but but you're right. I mean, Yasmani, both Yasmani and Mustakis came in, or the deals that they signed were. It's a club option. Uh, it's a club option. For so he's year. at 12 million next year if he comes back at age 31. If not, they can buy him out for two million. Okay. Well, I, I would be, I'd probably be surprised if they decide to pay him 12 million dollars for the production that he has right now. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but I don't yeah. think he's worth 12 million dollars. For, for the bat that he is in terms of the money-saving things that they do. Now, could that be uh, extension and then they deal him at the end of the year? Maybe where they, they maybe send him for a prospect or two for, to another team where it's uh, uh, the Brewers keep him for one more season to trade him. That could also be a possibility as well. I don't know. David Stearns, I, I have faith in him. I trust in the decisions that he's made. If I don't think other than the Jonathan Scope trade that he's made a bad deal to this point. And it's the future is bright. They have a lot of possibilities that they can do both uh, for the rest of this season in terms of the bullpen and the way that they're shaping that for the playoff run and also into next year as they continue to, to stay in contention and, as he likes to st- say, take as many bites out of the apple as possible. This is interesting. I just, we got to get to Vinny Rotino. I'll continue this after Rotino. All right, let's get to Vinny Rotino, Lockdown Brewers podcast. Uh, he'll join us coming up next. We'll talk more about this Brewers baseball team and maybe some of this, this roster talk, too. I just typed in 2022 free agent outfielders. Interesting list. We'll talk about more about that coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
Welcome back. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan. The segment brought to you by Jim Dandy, South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Tonight is Monday, so all-you-can-eat ribs at Jim, Dan- Jim Dandy's Grill in Oak Creek. New ownership. Redid the inside. All brand new food. Every time I drive by there, there's a bunch of cars. Not to mention the fact on Tuesdays, $2.50 tacos on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, $17.95 prime rib dinner. And then the best fish fry you're going to find on Fridays. That's Jim Dandy, South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Check him out, jimdandysgrill.com. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline with the Lockdown Brewers Podcast. Of course, catch him on pre- and post-game uh, on Valley Sports Wisconsin before and after Brewer games. Uh, he is a former Brewers catcher, Vinny Rotino. Vinny, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on, Sparky. All right, first things first. So we haven't talked in a while. So what what have you learned about doing TV from the first one you did to where we are now, almost through the season? I still don't know what I'm doing. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just getting on there and talk, trying to do my best for crying out loud. Uh, I tell you what, I locked up the other day during the eighth inning hit, and I just was like. I looked over to Craig Kishan and said, I just locked up. I had no idea what to say. And I just, I don't know. It's, it's been a blast. It's been, it's been super fun ride so far as being on TV and talking about the Brewers and what an easy job to do to talk about the Brewers when they're this good though. That that certainly helps. Yeah. But you got nothing to complain about because they're this good. At least when if they're 500 or so, you got enough to talk positive about enough to talk negative about keep yourself going. When they're this good, you're talking 20, 25 games over 500. It's a lot harder to nitpick anything, I guess, from an analyst perspective. And now that this bullpen is healthy, as we saw yesterday against Pittsburgh, this team really becomes difficult to beat now when you give them a lead by, say, the sixth inning. It's it's probably lights out in most games for other teams. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. Um, and I don't think we knew how good this bullpen was going to be. I mean, everyone thought Josh Hader would be good. I I personally thought there would be some regression to Devin Williams just because it is harder to play in general in front of fans um, as opposed to, you know, it, it, I'm sure it's like a minor league feel to the games last year. And so you saw a lot of guys that weren't necessarily household names have really good years because when you add that third deck with that third level of fans, it's harder to play. Take it from me. It's very hard. It's harder to play. Uh, I was that guy that was up and down at AAA all the time. And when you add that third deck, there's a different element to it. And, and so I thought there would be a little bit of regression from Devin Williams. We're now seeing him settle in. We're seeing him really execute pitches. So now you have him in the eighth, Hater in the ninth, and then, Who's, who's Brad Boxberger coming out of nowhere, didn't even make the team, so now he's reliable. Um, and then you, Stearns and Matt Arnold have done this continuously every year. Find guys, pickups like Hunter Strickland, a, a guy off the street named Jake Cousins no one's ever heard of, played independent ball for the Chicago Hot Dogs. I don't even know the name of the team he was playing for last year. So it's like you find a bunch of these guys off the street, and then all of a sudden the bullpen's been lights out. So, I mean um, – we thought it would be a weak point at one point, some of the middle relief options. Now it's a, a, an area of strength for this team. We were talking about it before you came on, Vinny, and talking about the roles of a Hauser or Brett Anderson or an Andy Ashby come the playoffs when you have to start building these postseason rosters round by round because I don't think you need more than three starters each round. So that, that leaves open to the uh, idea of one of these starters probably being a long relief guy in that bullpen in each round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how they're going to work that. I mean, do you even need a long relief man with how good those three starters are True. pitching, right? I mean, so I mean, um, so I, you know, Hauser provides you with some power and some, you know, some real stuff out of the pen. I think Brett Anderson probably goes into that long relief role. Eric Lauer has some, you know, some uh, deception to what he does out there on the mound, and so he provides you with some, you know some you know, real um, middle relief to, to even leverage relief options in the playoffs. So, um, you know, if I, I think if push came to shove, though, I do th- would, would it be a three-man or a four-man rotation? If it's a four-man, I think Adrian Hauser has earned it. And so then, you know, Eric Lauer and both Brett Anderson would be moved to the bullpen. But we'll see. I mean, it's a good problem to have the depth on this team, not only on the pitching staff, but even in their lineup at this point is, is tremendous. And I, I don't even think the uh, the the Dodgers 
or the Giants could speak to this depth. The, the depth of this team is incredible right now. You know, and then you talk about the position players, and a guy like Travis Shaw, who you're waiting to come back, is put on waivers because there's no room at the end for him. He goes back yeah. to the Red Sox, and I've got a feeling the same thing's going to happen to Daniel Vogelbach because I don't see how there's room for him either at this point. And he was playing well before uh, he ended up out. Yeah, exactly. And if, you know, by some for some reason he doesn't get claimed by anybody or added to anybody's roster, which would be hard pressed for him not to be added to like the Cubs or something with you know Frank Schwindel playing first base, um, guy like that. Like so, I mean, there's not to take anything away from a, a player like that. I'm just saying I I would imagine the Brewers lose him if they do DFA him uh, and take him and put, place him on waivers. So yeah, I mean, there's no spot for uh, Travis Shaw. Who, what, a, what a valuable piece that can move over from third base to first base to DH for a team like the Red Sox. Um, and, and he was showing signs of hitting before he got hurt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the the depth, you have Escobar, you have Luis Arias to both play third, you have a Rowdy Telez that's coming out of nowhere. Again, all these under-the-radar moves by, by uh, David Stearns and Matt Arnold that are coming to, to prove to be vital pieces for this team. Uh, both, both, in my opinion, Rowdy Telez and Willie Adamas, I think that's an obvious one, Willie Adamas. Both those guys are going to be huge pieces for the Brewers in years to come. And not only that, you know, potential all-stars, perennially both those guys the way that they you know are showing that they can produce um and and just the overall talent of both those players so uh huge moves the depth is incredible i really enjoy covering this team talking with Vinny rutino check out his locked on podcast download that odyssey app today a-u-d-a-c-y uh, it's free, and uh, you'll enjoy all the Locked On podcasts there, whether it be Locked On Packers, Locked On Bucks, Locked On Brewers, whatever the case is. Uh, Vinny, you know, the other thing about this is Christian Yelich, and I, I've been angering some of my coworkers on my Christian Yelich take, and I am still I feel fine with it, e- even though people don't like my take. But for me, okay, we, we can deal with Christian Yelich struggling for five months or whatever the case may be, and he's getting a, going a little bit, a couple more hits uh, over the weekend and, and starting to go in the right direction. I'm not sure he's really driving the ball per se consistently yet or getting to that point, uh, but we get to the end of September, and if it, it's a struggle still and he's still not that guy, man, I, I just I don't know if you can continue to put him at the top of the lineup uh, at that point going into the postseason uh, so I guess that's kind of where my struggle is. I'm hoping he starts barreling up the ball and gets going again, but I mean, my God, we're almost five months into this thing. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I disagree with you on that. I think at that point, it's all hands on deck. Do what you got to do to win in the playoffs. That that goes without saying. I think right now he offers a presence in the middle of the lineup. I mean, they don't really throw him strikes, um, so I think they were trying to sandwich him yesterday. Um, between, uh, you know, Escobar and Narvaez or Avi Garcia, you know, so trying to offer him some protection in the lineup to to get him on, get him up with runners on base and then get him um, some pitches to hit, obviously. So I think he'll be fine. I I think we're all saying this, you know, it's just going to take him. I think it's a confidence issue with him at this point, just, uh, um, and hopefully he finds that sooner than later. Because it, it, look, if the Brewers get a, a, a Christian Yelich who's producing at a thousand OPS like he had been the last couple of seasons before the 2020 season, I think the Brewers are the favorites to win the World Series at that point. So, Vinny, when you have a hitting coach, um, whether it be in the minors or the majors, whatever the case may be, and then you've got a guy struggling uh, like Yelich is now again. I, I don't know if he's healthy or not. I don't know if that knee's bothering him. I don't know if the back is bothering him, whatever. But if he's out there playing, then you have to go over to the assumption that he's good enough to be out there. Like, I would assume that when he's at this point, because he struggled last year in the shortened season, as did Kesson here, and we kind of blew all that off, like, ah, it was a shortened season, whatever. And then we come back, and Hira is, you know, immortal at AAA, and then at the major league level, uh, doesn't look nearly the same. And the same thing happens with Christian Yelich. So as a hitting coach then, whether it be Andy Haynes or anybody else, do you start going back and looking at old tape and saying, okay, is the swing playing the same? What were we doing successful there that we're not doing now? I would assume all of that happens at some point, right? Vinny? I got you. Oh, Sorry, yeah. I, I was disconnected for a second. You got me back? I got you. 
Hello? You guys got me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Sorry about that. All right, so let's try it again. So what I was saying was when you're a hitter and you're struggling uh, for an amount of time, like a hero or Vinny Re- or, uh, Hira or a Christian Yelich, as a hitting coach, I would assume that at some point or another, the longer this goes on, that you start going back and looking at old tape of the player with the player and start you know, looking at hitting plane and, and different things to see what was working that maybe that the hitter went away from to try to get him back to that same spot again. Does that happen in, in your time, whether it be in yeah. the minors or the majors? Yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> I'm sure Andy Haynes doesn't leave any stone unturned. I'm sure that he's done this with Christian Yelich. It looks exactly the same for, for Christian Yelich of what he was doing in, when he was having a lot of success to now. Personally, I, I think it just – um, it, sometimes hitters go through this where they, they just feel lost and all it takes is just the slightest bit of doubt in their minds that, you know what, what's going on with me? I can't hit anymore. I mean, every hitter goes through it. I mean, I've heard Alex Rodriguez, Hall of Famer Alex Rodriguez, 600 homers, whatever. I heard that he was the most insecure player that you would ever find in your life where he was asking the backup and third string catchers at times, how's my swing look? After he's hitting 350 with 40 bombs, like I'm not saying Christian Yelich is that is is going through that. What I'm saying is hitting is incredibly hard, and all it takes is a tiny bit of doubt to all of a sudden you're not the same guy. He's going to snap out of this. I don't know when. I don't know how. It's just a mat. I think it's a it's a mental thing for him at this point. I I don't think it's a physical adjustment at this point. It's 95-mile-an-hour fastballs with sliders and change-ups that, that make it really, really difficult. And I think what happen, what's going to have to happen for Yelich is all of a sudden maybe even that check swing, little swinging double down yep. the line that he beat the shift is going to make him realize, okay, I need to stop putting so much pressure on myself. I need to just hit. I can hit. And it is it, it literally is just a shift in your mindset that all of a sudden like, okay, I'm – snap out of it let's just go let's just go and compete and that's what it is at the end of the day it's going and competing and then that just eliminates all kinds of doubt and all kinds of uh, you know swing thoughts or whatever the case because it does just take just a just a little tiny bit of doubt or a tiny bit of thought that's going on as the pitch is coming that'll get you totally out of your out of your swing he is Vinny Rotino. Check out the Locked On Brewers podcast. Uh, always a, a good listen there. And, of course, follow him on Bally Sports Wisconsin before and after games uh, doing the Brewers. Next up, the St. Louis Cardinals won't be an easy series as the Cardinals are red hot. Winners of eight of the last ten, six in a row. But the Brewers sending out their three best pitchers uh, to start the, these games here in this series. Looking forward to that. Vinny, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Fargy. Take care. It. There he is, Vinny Rutino on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious, breathe. On Great Midwest Bank, help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Tom, in Germantown, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's going on, Tom? Hey, guys. Uh, we're talking about the, the Brewers as a team and uh, the moves they might make. I have a, a, a question for you, something to ponder that no one really talks about is I want to know how the hell does Tampa Bay do this every year? <laughs> yeah. How do they – I mean, I couldn't even name you a guy on this team, and they have a low payroll, and they're in second place, and the Yankees are below them. I don't know how they do it. And no one ever talks about that. The other thing is, before I hang up and listen to you guys, I go to lots of ball games. I'm a full-season ticket holder, and I'll tell you something. Yelich – his bat swing, his bat speed is much slower yep. than it was. You've said that before. Time. Yeah, you you you've said that before, Tom. Yeah, and I've and, I've been kind of paying attention to that same thing. I'm waiting for somebody else to bring that 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 exact same point up. Where are your seats when you go to the games? Where are your season tickets at? First base, third base? Where are you at? No, my, my seats are in the first row behind home plate. Oh, like by front row, Amy in the first row. I put her in that seat, buddy. I did it. <laughs> and, that's a, and that's a fact. And I'll tell you the story if you want to sure, hear it. Sure, go ahead. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm being honest with yeah, you. Yeah, that's good. Go I ahead. She was sitting in the eighth or ninth row behind me. And one day I got there early and I walked over by her because I thought she worked for the Brewers because she was keeping score and all this. Oh, every game and, she keeps score. Yep. Yes. 
So I said, hey, Amy, uh, I didn't know her name. I, I introduced myself. I said, hey, uh, you have any other seats here? I only see you by yourself. Yeah, I only have the one seat. And I said, you know where I sit? Yeah, yeah, you got those four seats there, right? I said, the fifth seat you could buy at the ticket window. The other four are season tickets like mine. Why don't you move down to the front row next year? And she said, I didn't know that. I'm going to go to the ticket office right after this game and tell them I want that seat. So, lo and behold, next season, there she is. That's and awesome. Like, She's front row Amy. She got all the press. I got nothing. I'm front row Tommy. <laughs> I get nothing. You could be front that, You could be front that, row Tom when you call into Madness. How about that? All right, front row Tom, but I want you guys to talk about the Buccaneers. How the hell do they do that? Not the Buccaneers, the Rays. The Rays. The Ra- well, whatever. The Rays. And you fight, You tell me, you go watch some films. You guys get back to Well, Tom, I mean, think about a couple of things here, right? So the president of the Brewers is David Stearns. The general manager yep. of the Brewers is Matt Arnold. Matt Arnold was with Tampa Bay when David Stearns brought him in, when David Stearns was the general manager. So they've got somebody from that organization that's helping the Brewers. Thanks for the call. And we just talked about this uh, with Paul Sullivan. What was it? Last week, I think, from the Chicago Tribune about how the Cubs want to kind of do things the Brewers' way a little bit. So you say you want to do it Tampa's way, and there are a lot of other organizations that look at the Brewers and go, they want to do it the Brewers' way. Just go back to what Dan Plucker said earlier about Stearns is going to do it his way and get these type of guys that nobody else is talking about having high ceilings one way or the other. And based on their analytics and their scouting and everything else, they think that guy would work in their ballpark on their team. And He's not perfect. He's not right all the time. But my God, I mean, Christian Yelich, grant you, last two years haven't been great, but he turned into an MVP. And yeah, they gave up four guys for him or whatever the case was, four prospects. But that looks like a steal uh, at the end of the day. And we're able to sign him to a long-term deal without him leaving in free agency. This Willie Adamas deal here, that looks like a steal. The Carlos Gomez deal, that was Doug Melvin's deal, I believe, at the end of the day. And that worked out great. Josh Hader and Adrian Hauser and all of that. So that was another good one uh, done there. I think that was Melvin. Was that Melvin, the Carlos Gomez deal? Was that Melvin or Stearns? Now I'm doubting myself. I don't remember. I believe it was Melvin. I think it was Melvin. I think that was Melvin's last big deal. But that was a huge deal, too. Brett Phillips was another part of that. And obviously, Brett Phillips has his own lore going on right now around Major League Baseball. But turned out to be a really good deal. Uh, for the Milwaukee uh, Brewers. Another really good deal is working with Young Express, one of the nation's leading expedited freight companies since 1991. If you ever thought about becoming your own boss, now is the time. Maybe it's time to join the Young Express team. Live a stress-free lifestyle. Put the windows down. Turn up the radio and drive, baby, drive, and get paid for it, too. How about that? Why Young Express? Well, they have a 24-7 dispatch team. Extremely dedicated. Take it very personal to keep drivers moving. And Young Express, you can drive locally regionally or nationwide now the farther you drive the longer the distance you go the more money you're going to make that's not to say you can't make good money driving uh locally because you can and then more money regionally and even more money nationwide that guy's making over six figures uh, over at young express with minimal investment in your own vehicle young express will provide you all the training necessary for you to become a successful transporter of expedited freight 99% no-touch freight. The freight is loaded and offloaded for you. So all you have to do is worry about is driving. Looking for full-time independent contractors today. Working with Young Express, not for Young Express. Join the Young Express team today. You can find them at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express, success drives them. We were talking about Avi Garcia and his contract option uh, before we had Benny Rotino on, I called up the free agent outfielder list for 2022. Uh, and uh, Dan Plucker and I will go over that free agent list and see if they have better options than Avi Garcia. We'll do that next. Coming up here on Sparky's Midday Madness. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. 
You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Welcome back. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan. Rami Makhlouf coming up uh, in the next segment. We'll talk about uh, what's coming up on the Rami Show coming up at 3 o'clock. But Dan Plucker and I, our executive producer, we're talking uh, earlier before we had Vinny Rutino on. Again, thanks to Vinny Rutino for uh, joining us. Always look forward to talking to uh, Vinny. Catch him on Bally Sports with Scott. So download the Lockdown Brewers podcast. Uh, was the fact that some of these guys are going to be up uh, and there's a player option on Avi Garcia. So uh, Avi Garcia make $12 million next year or they can buy him out for $2 million. So let's say that's something that they decide to do. Some guys that have player options or straight up are free agents uh, after this year. Charlie Blackman, who's going to be, who is 36, or be 36 next year. Uh, Dexter Fowler, I pass. Uh, Nick Castellanos, if he opts out uh, to get a deal and he's having a, a career type year at age 29, 30 uh, at that point. So you assume he opts out of Cincinnati. Now, are they going to want to pay him as much? I don't know. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, old. Ian Desmond, old. AJ Pollock, no. Gregory Polanco, Starling Marte. Uh, Polanco might be an option because I can't imagine Pittsburgh is going to be able to pay him uh, if he decides to leave at some point. Uh, Michael Conforto. Uh, didn't necessarily have the best uh, start to the year either. So that's another one. Avi Garcia, Jackie Bradley Jr., Corey Dickerson, Cole Calhoun. The more you look at this list, the more I think if I am Avi Garcia, I'm opting out. I'm done. If I, if, if I, well, actually, it's not him. It's a club option. I take that back, right? Is that what I said? A club option? Yeah, it's a club option for 2022. I, I think they, I think they keep him plucker. After looking at that list for $12 million, I think it's worth keeping him for one more year in his age 31 year and buy yourself time to get Garrett Mitchell up here the following season. Yeah, it depends on what they're thinking, how they're looking, and I don't know when the deadline is for that, but maybe they do wind up swinging a deal somewhere to get an outfielder instead, or maybe they're confident in Jackie Bradley Jr. turning things Uh around. Okay, wait, hold on here. So 2022 option becomes mutual, with 1,050 plate appearances across 2020 and 2021. But there's, that didn't happen because of the pandemic, right? So there's no way he could have that many. Because there, was no, there wasn't no, there was 500 bats available because of the pandemic last year because of the shortened season. So that that completely screws him. Yes, Rami Mekla. They, they prorated all clauses like that. Oh, so he still might So whatever die. it said in the – whatever it said in the, in the contract – they would do it proportionally to what a 162-game season would be. All you right. You know what I mean? Sure. Okay. okay. So that makes sense. Thank you, Rami Makhlouf. No he raised his hand very nicely and wanted to come on. So let's look at his year-by-year numbers then um, and see what those look like. So Avi Garcia this year already has uh, 363 at-bats. Last year had 181, so that's going to be 7, 8. I don't, uh, I don't think he's going to make it. Thousand plate appearances. I don't think he's going to get to a thousand plate appearances. Thousand fifty uh, across twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Or oh, ain't oh with five hundred and fifty plate appearances in twenty twenty one. Also, uh, I don't think he's going to make it there either. He's at three sixty three. He's going to get two hundred more at bats before the end of the season. No, I don't think he will. I don't think he's going to get to it. I could be wrong, but I don't think he'll get to it. So that means it'll stay a club option, uh, which means it'll be up to the Brewers. I think they keep him. I mean, unless, I, unless I'm missing something here as far as names, but I'm using spot track like I always do to look at guys that are going to be free agents uh, who's out there, and I don't see anybody necessarily that you're going to get for $12 million or less that's going to be a better option than what you have in Avi Garcia at this point. So there. That takes care of that issue. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk with Rami Makhlouf. The Rami Show coming up at 3 o'clock. We'll find out what he has coming up uh, at 3 o'clock next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fans, Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer, along with Rami Makhlouf, Mr. Comedy, 
Uh, so how did uh, the gig in Rockford go on Saturday night? Did they find you funny in Illinois? It was okay. They did not find you funny in Illinois. Well, that's okay. Maybe no, you're more of a Wisconsin o- comic. It was okay. What does that mean? I didn't mean? say it was bad. I didn't say it was good. It was okay. Well, I don't know what okay means as a comic. I'm not a comic. What does that mean? What do you mean? What does it mean? You don't know what okay means? Yeah, but like normally. Why do you and I always I've, seem like we speak a different language? I've been there to was your one shows. time I told you there was a low ticket alert, and you were like, so you guys aren't selling any tickets? Who has ever thought that a low ticket alert meant tickets weren't selling? That's well, only was, ever meant that there's a low amount of tickets left. And I've never thought know, of it that way. Now you don't know what okay means? To be means? honest with you, I've never even heard anybody say low ticket alert in my life. So really? not even to know that to begin with. No. <laughs> So, I mean, I've been to your shows. Normally, everybody just laughs from the time you start to the time you end. That's normally how it's been when I've been to your shows. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's why I was asking you. So, it what was, does okay mean, then? They laughed at a couple of your jokes, not at the rest? It was an, it was an okay crowd, and if I'm being honest, I didn't have my A game, so it, oh. was, it was okay. Oh. It wasn't great. It's not the greatest show right. I've ever had. How and, good was uh, everybody else? Because you were the headliner. Yeah. No, I did as well as any, anybody else on, on, the, on the lineup. Oh. I did as well as anybody else on the lineup. So nobody that, killed that, it necessarily. That I can confidently say. Right. No, nobody really killed. That's too bad. But it was an okay night. They had like this thing going on. You know how we have a 414 day here? Yes. On April 14th. Um, this was in Rockford where the area code is 815. Sure. So they were having, they have like an 815 fest. So there was like all kinds of other stuff going on in town and, uh, you know, drawing the crowds away and whatnot. Sure. So, so you didn't have as big of a crowd. It was a solid crowd, but not everybody was necessarily into it. Or what else I don't, do? I don't know if they knew there was a comedy show going on. No, so you literally, <laughs> just a waste of your time. At least you got paid. No, a few people seemed like they didn't know that there there was a comedy right, show. Right, wasn't, it wasn't a crowd of 100 it, people. It was like, I don't know, probably like 30, 40. That's still a good know. size. Yeah, it was solid. not bad. It was solid night. Yeah. It was solid. And was I, had, I had a good time driving up and down with my buddy, another comedian from the Milwaukee scene. Did so he co- also perform or just you? Yeah. No, he, he you went both up did. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So what else did you do this weekend? Is that it? You worked on the score yesterday. Uh, yeah, I was on the score yesterday. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Rock that's on it. Saturday. Open mic on Friday. No. Yeah. Drinking on Friday? Yeah. That's every Friday for you, right? <laughs> for those of you that don't know, like Friday night is Rami's drinking night in Bayview. So if you're looking to party with Rami, Friday night is pretty much going to be your night every Friday. Right? Catch me out somewhere. I don't know where. Yeah, Friday night. Bayview, just watch for him. He'll be stumbling from one bar to the next and be like, Sparky was right. No, there he is. I'm going to go help like him out. It's not like that. No, yeah. I go and out with friends at one bar. One bar. So it's only one bar. Yeah, it's almost all the same one. If I go to the open bike, we hang out there. We all we all just still all don't stumble from bar to bar and bar no, walk. No, most of the time, no. It's happened. I mean, that's happened. On the way to the state fair, you go up Greenfield uh, to state fair. I'm thinking about going bar hopping in West Dallas, right there on Greenfield, going from bar to bar. I'm kind of thinking about it. I don't know when. Maybe this fall or winter. Bayview is a great is a great neighborhood to go done bar that. hopping in. Just I've go just that, right yes. down KK and yep, have a good old time. And like, de- we have done that. Yes, and you'll find all kinds of different bars. Yes. Oh, so, and so many of them are so good. Mm. So I'm very different. So it's, uh, and that's right in my neighborhood. So uh, all right, Robbie. So what's on soon. your show today? On the show today, Sparky, of course, we're going to talk about Jordan Love no. out of the gates and whether or not people saw what they wanted to see from him. Pete Doherty will join us at 345 with his uh, Jordan Love observations and other Green Bay Packers observations. At 4 o'clock, Sparky, every once in a while, I like to ask folks if uh, if they owe somebody in the sports world an apology. Oh, this again. If they were wrong about them. Yeah, I was wrong about Eric Lahr. About who? Eric Lauer. What do you mean? Well, I thought he sucked. I, I was done with Eric Lauer. I was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, and then he pitches well against a, an LS team, and it's like, oh, he's fine. I'm like, yeah, stop. Let's see him do it against somebody else. He's pitched well this year. I was wrong on Eric Lauer. He's much better than I thought he was going to be. It's not Eric Lauer, but there's there's one particular That's person. That's who it was for me. There's one particular person who I think a lot of Brewers fans owe an apology. They wanted his head on a platter. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Ago. That's coming up at I 4 didn't, o'clock. I didn't want his head on a platter. I'm I don't not saying I, you. I don't believe I ever called for his gig. Not to the best of my knowledge, at least. Also, Tim Allen will visit, as he does every Monday Very at 4.30 for some Brewers talk and some draft mockery at uh, 4.30. And uh, we'll look around. We'll talk about Jordan Love, obviously, throughout the afternoon. But other the other quarterbacks around the NFL, rookie and and first-time starters quarterbacks around the NFL Dude, that in the 5 o'clock don't, don't hide this. I want to think about my guy Justin Fields for half hours. So that's what we're going to do. I talked about Justin Fields for two hours yesterday, dude. I got that all out of I my system. I thought you did a baseball show. <laughs> no, the baseball show is Sunday morning. I'm so confused. I was filling in on the baseball show on a Sunday morning. I don't normally do that show. That's, oh, oh, that's oh. Matt Spiegel's show. Right. 
So this was just a standard this show. Was just, yes. Did you talk about Jordan Love su- not Jordan Love. Uh, Justin Fields sucking for the first couple of drives. No. No, you no, ignored that. Just moved on past I mean, that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But am I going to give Jordan Love the same treatment? It was like one to seven, one to eight to start off with. And nobody's talking about I know. that. I didn't get carried away. You want to know my thoughts on Jordan Love? Just in a nutshell. Not Jordan Love. Justin Fields. I, I did. You know what? I did that yesterday on the show. I called Justin Fields Jordan Love yeah. multiple times, and today I will call Jordan Love Justin Fields. This is what I'll tell you quickly. I promise. You, you that. save your take for your show. Okay. But I'll just say this, because Gary and I talked about it a little bit. I don't think Jordan Love looked all that much different than all the other rookies I saw yesterday and over the weekend. Not really. Zach Wilson. Uh, Mac Jones, like all these dudes, they all were kind of right in the same boat for the most part. The thing that separates Fields is his legs, then he runs, runs better than the rest of these guys. And Jordan Love didn't take off running. And Lofton called him on it the one time, and he said, hey, now you're in this play here, Love steps up in the pocket, and instead of running with green grass in front of him, he checks down to his tight end out to the left because he's the position player that's job is to carry the football and run and lets him run with it and he gets tackled right away. So, you know, there's the pros and cons of it. A, he could have run, but the good news is he kept his eyes moving trying to find somebody to throw the ball to before just taking off and running because the initial uh, you know, receiver was covered or whatever the case may be. So, again, it all depends on, on what you want your quarterback to be. But I, I get it. I mean, as Bears fans, y'all should be excited. It's been a long damn time for y'all. By the way, Jake Cutler not having such a good time on Twitter lately. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a struggle. Somebody mentioned something about that. Too. Yeah, he lost his lost his Uber Eats deal uh, from the NFL. Why? What did he do? Sponsored because he came out with the COVID statement. Then you come out with the COVID statement, and then those people that don't agree with your COVID statement then will pull your said deal. And now, because, yeah, if you're so, like saying stuff that'll get, if you're like putting out lies that'll get uh, people killed. Uh, yeah, no, 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 I don't. Well, I don't know if he put out lies necessarily. What did he do? He though? just put out his opinion on it, and they didn't approve of his opinion, so they said, "You're done. We're done with you." And then that led to people going after him. So then he came out with another tweet, said, "Hey, dude, do what you want. I don't really care." And so it is what it is. And then he kind of said, "Like I have better things to do." Anyhow, oh, I see. Deal with that. I see Clay Travis endorsing what he said. So Jay was obviously wrong. So. I'm not getting into right or wrong. <laughs> I'm just telling you, did you see what was going on? Because he's back in the news again. There's Rami Makhlouf, Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer. Coming up next, The Rami Show. You only can hear it here on 1250 AM, The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 